This is a Hot Pie Original. You are on the music fringe. My name is Lee and I'm a music dilettante. Uh, which describes a person who cultivates an area or interest in the arts without a real commitment to that art or knowledge. Um, so basically being that I've spent a lot of time on the internet, probably more than you, and I've gone into the darkest recesses of Tumblr, YouTube, Spotify, Playlist, Friendster, um, the darknet, places that you know the average family should not want their children to go. I go there for you and I bring back these gems to serve up to the people who are typically listening to Top 40 Radio. Uh, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift usually populates their top Spotify list. And we're going to give them um, a little bit more color in the music landscape. So on the music fringe, uh, we'll be covering bounce music, but rock, gothtronica, vaporwave, electroclash, Ethiopian acid jazz, chopped and screwed, hypnagogic pop. C-Punk, Vaporwave, Downtown, Downtempo, Ambient, Elevator Music. And we're going to explore all these genres, why they're culturally relevant, what their legacy is, and who are some of the musicians that populate them. And today, we are incredibly lucky to have on uh, Austin Musician and, you know, budding rock star Billy King of Billy King and the Bad 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 sitting across from me right here. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm excited to see what this is going to be about. Yeah, we're totally just jumping in the deep end here. This is a, a Hail Mary as far as a concept yeah. of um, what we want to talk about. But today we're going to be talking about pirate metal um, and just where it came from, what that genre, if it even is a genre, as there is a, a, a big debate on the Internet, mostly uh, on Reddit, mostly with whether pirate metal is a genre or a theme of music is okay. it just is if you write a song that sounds like pirates singing is that just a theme of folk metal or is that just a theme or is that actually a a subgenre um so that's one of the many contentious places that you know this conversation around pirate metal can go but have you ever heard of pirate metal or where's that on your radar uh you know i definitely have heard what I thought were folk metal songs with a pirate theme. Uh, I didn't know that it became pirate metal. Yeah, well, you're um, so wrong. <laughs> I'm clearly an incorrect here. Um, so no, it is a new genre for me. Um, it's a new genre for most people because if you have been hiding under a rock, that's probably the only place you would find this genre of music. <laughs> or if you go to a lot of Renaissance fairs, I get a big Renaissance yeah, fair vibe. I, I can imagine um, that. Out of that. I think there's a lot of crossover. Right. But you got to have a turkey leg to listen. Exactly. Um, these song themes typically cover a diverse array of topics like ale, grog, wenches, ships. Ships are definitely a key theme in pirate metal, um, and they feature a lot of sea shanties. Um, are you familiar with sea shanties at all? No. Um, so these are shanties, you know, these go back to olden times. Sailors, to keep time and to just entertain themselves, um, would sing on the boats. And so, it, you know, there are all these like old English sea shanties that still carry on today, and it usually involves you know, a portly guy with a white beard, kind of Santa Claus looking. And 
it's more of a bellow. And then you have like a, a chorus of, you know, a lot of other burly sailor men that come in and it's a, it's a very powerful, um, yeah, <laughs> arg. <laughs> um, so it incorporates, you know, parts of that, but pirate metal is just, you know, it's so complex. So, you know, where do you, where do you really start with a genre or subgenre yeah. like that? Um, and I guess to go back to, you know, to the very beginning, which is a very good place to start since the sound of music, um, we're going to go, you know, to the genesis of pirate metal, which was with a German heavy metal band called running wild. And in 1987, they released an album called under the Jolly Roger. And this is the first instance of heavy metal having a pirate theme. Um, so, you know, before we were born, there existed an album called under the Jolly Roger that launched a thousand ships as far as pirate metal. And that is the seed, you know, from which the forest has grown. Um, but leave it to the Germans to really, you know, pioneer such a sound and, they're for the most part a landlocked country, so it's kind of an interesting birthplace. Um, yeah, I don't know. When you think of pirate metal, like what what country bubbles up to the surface as far as like oh that that's pirate metal mecca, right? I don't know Norway. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Norway would be in the running for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any of those Nordic countries really. Um, but as far as, you know, pirate metal goes, um, it still has a large following in Germany and in Scotland and in North America. Um, and the first time it was mentioned, like I, I said, was in that 1987 album Under the Jolly Roger, um, running wild vocalist Rolf Kasparek, um, first used the term in that album and it's been referenced since. So, this is a name you're going to hear a couple times, but there's a band called Ailstorm that's a Scottish pirate metal band right now. And in one of their songs, they had the lyrics, you may think you've heard this music before. Running Wild did it back in 84, but the winds are changing. We don't give a damn. If you don't like it, go start your own band. Ah. So that was a tip of the hat to yes. you know the Beatles of pirate metal and, and basically saying, hey, buds, we're going to... We're going to continue carrying this torch for you, you know, into uh, into a storm of ale. Yeah, into an absolute storm of uh, a gale, a gale oh, force a gale. wind. I thought you said ale. No, I did say <laughs> ale. I think it's just so interchangeable. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's so many bands in this space is ale. Yeah. Gale, grog. They're very simplistic, but easily rhyme terms. So right. maybe it's just a cop out, um, you know, as far as why these bands got into it it's just easy um, runs you know maybe they're paying homage to it absolutely um we're just gonna go through like a couple of the main bands in pirate metal um and and just see you know what they're like <laughs> <laughs> okay um you know so the first one i mentioned is running wild and they've been around since the 70s so we can look at them as just the godfathers the iggy pop the Beatles, the Elvis right. of pirate metal. Okay. You know, this is the frame picture that most of these bands have over their um, kitchen table or wherever they take their meals on the pirate ship. Right. Um, another band that's worth noting is called Lagerstein. And so Lagerstein lives up to their name as far as the partying lifestyle. You know, when I think of pirates, I think of, 
you know, scoring booty and, you know, more ways than one. And then also getting <laughs> drunk, you Correct, know, a right. lot of drinking and seafaring. Yes. Um, so lager style. May it be for the booty. Exactly. Um, they have songs like Raise Your Steins, Drink the Rum, Fountain of Rum, um, an album titled All for Rum and Rum for All. And it just seems like everybody's having a lot of fun in this music genre with the yeah. names and the, the wordplay. And they clearly like their rum. Right. And these guys skew a little more towards the folk metal. So okay. again, we're going to keep coming back to this, but pirate metal is a baby between power metal and folk metal. And there's just an absolute war, an absolute slaughter going on outside these walls between those two camps okay. and figuring out where pi pirate metal Fits. is on that spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, salute to everybody who's fighting that fight and we hope it gets resolved sometime soon. Um, another band that's worth mentioning in pirate metal is the Dread Crew of Oddwood. And it's an all acoustic band. So they call their music heavy mahogany. Okay. So. Yes, it's very rich. Right. And I think that's even just a new offshoot of pirate metal is, you know, we now have heavy <laughs> mahogany, heavy wood theme bands. And um, they're known for being probably what the closest to a real pirate band would actually sound like and listen to. Okay. Um, and they're also very popular on the Renaissance Fair circuit. So, you know, when everything gets back to normal and you're at your local Renaissance Fair, as we do, as I try to visit at least five a year, um, keep a lookout for Dread Crew of Oddwood because they're out there. Okay. And they're hustling up a, 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 you know, a very fair living, which is playing Renaissance Fairs. Yeah. Um, Another great band, and this is kind of like the Beatles and Rolling Stones of pirate metal. Um, and I would say the Rolling Stones are called the equivalent is Swashbuckle. And so Swashbuckle is by far the heaviest band in pirate metal. They're from New Jersey. Um, you know, I think Jersey pirates, like if we had pirates <laughs> of today, they would be from Jersey. Right. right? Like they're just yeah. tanned marauders with gelled hairs, mm -hmm. you know, that are on the coast. They don't have any qualms <laughs> taking from people and, you know, raiding se settlements. And I'm curious to what their names would be, you know, because they clearly wouldn't have beards. They're all just so clean shaven. Oh, it yeah. Seems, it would be, so. you know, Geo the Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> it would be uh, Francesco the Smooth. That's a good Francesco one. the Spy Kid, you know, uh, <laughs> you would have uh you know luigi the uh the cannoli i don't know we're, we're we're going you know a place that maybe we're associating an ethnic group with pirates but i am italian and um you know italians had pirates too and so i think that's historically accurate but we digress from swashbuckle the rolling stones of pirate metal who are based in jersey and we move on to you know, the Metallica, the, the Beatles of pirate metal, which is Ailstorm. And they are the most popular in the, in the metal genre. One of their videos on YouTube, if you look it up, it's called Dig. They have 33 million, you know, views on that. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, so whether that means anything or not. Yeah. I mean, if you got a million views on anything. I feel like that's pretty big deal, right? I don't know. For sure. A million of anything. I feel like you can, <laughs> you know, rack yourself on the edge of a swimming pool and still get 
five million. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm lacking a swimming pool and uh, the ability to rack myself on that swimming pool. So. And that's what pirate metal does. It brings all the aquatic themes mixed with violence and drinking. Yes. <laughs> and turns it into a music genre. Um, but both Swashbuckle and Alestorm are from Scotland. So it seems like the Scots have, you know, stranglehold on pirate metal. You know, Germans got it going, but the Scots have made it their own. They've co-opted it. And um, they've actually reached number one on the UK rock charts at a, at a certain time so for anybody who's saying you know pirate metal's a gimmick and maybe there's not room for any pirate metal maybe pirate metal's not cool anymore um you're talking about number one hits you're talking about 33 million views on youtube and you're talking about a renaissance fair circuit that just does not end right it's extremely lucrative um so ailstorm is it and they combine they combine pirate theme um, with folk and power metal, as we talked about earlier. Um, and, you know, there's actually a day that it's international talk like a pirate day. And I guess it's been co-opted by pirate metal to become like a pirate metal day. But September 19th, mark, mark your calendars. That's international talk like a pirate day. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever you know, want to go see a pirate metal band, that would be like seeing a Celtic band, you know, on, on St. Patty's on St. Patty's day. Um, as far as pirate metal goes, like what we've gotten into so far, um, is this the genre that you would, you know, (laughs) (laughs) once you get home that you would be looking up and, you know, now I just might be, you know, I feel like I just want to get into, you know, a sea shanty of my own, Singing with my roommates, you know. <laughs> uh, now, I definitely just imagine uh, just a lot of men just heartily singing and sloshing their drinks around. Yeah. It reminds sounds- me of, uh, you know, the Beauty and the Beast whenever they're all in the lodge and they're all drinking. Nobody, no one drinks, drinks like, like Gaston. Gaston. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Nobody hits like Gaston. Um, that's perfect. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's like another offshoot of pirate metal that came right. from Beauty and the Beast and Gaston, really, because Gaston he was not a pirate. I think he fought pirates, and that you know he was part of like the Royal Navy or whatever. But or what? No, he wasn't even. I'm thinking of the Little Mermaid. I'm getting my yeah. princes crossed. Yep. Um, well, Gaston wasn't even a prince. The beast was. He was not. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the layers keep getting pulled back on this. Um, but Gaston was was never on a ship, so I got that completely wrong. But he That's drank okay. like a sailor. Yes. And that led to a lot of issues between him and Belle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that village was very good at addressing those issues because they were very codependent on Gaston. Yeah, absolutely. For like raising their morale in the village because everybody's like, Gaston, you're the best of us. Like, right. We exhort you. We love you. And Gaston, meanwhile, is like he's an alcoholic and he's abusive towards Belle and he's got misogynist tendencies that Correct. just go unchecked in this little village of his. And even if he's not royalty or a prince by trade, he's kind of co-opted it in that village. Right. And... You know, it's it's a strong power play against the beast because the beast has the titles. Like, yes, you want to pull out the credentials. The beast, like, no, this is my land. Yeah, like legit. 
and you know Gaston has nothing except like the people behind him. So it's a very populist, um, drunk, misogynist who just sounds so familiar. Yeah, I don't even know. No, sounds but, like a pirate to me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, I digress on Beauty and the Beast, and you know, when we talk about pirate metal, you talk about the tendency of heavy metal to at least be dark. Whereas pirate metal, they do talk about drinking and murder, um, but they do it in an upbeat way. And they have, you know, songs like by Patty and the Rats called Join, Join the Riot or Forest Party or Cowboys of the Sea. Those are all upbeat songs that are, you know, let's let's join in the revelry of you know, plundering native peoples are let, you know, taking over ships and conscripting um, other pirates and, and uh, servicemen to do their stuff. Like it's a pretty grim you know, yeah. topic to be talking about. Um, but they, they tend to keep it light. They tend to keep it jolly. Um, so they've, you know, they've done well. Can you think of like any other genres that, that do that, that have really dark subject matter, but, you know, kind of lighten it up and make it palatable. Um, yeah. Uh, what's that like style of music that like days and days plays, you know, that like folky punk, like that folk punk. A lot of their songs are dark, but also like in an upbeat manner, it seems. Yeah. I, I love music like that. I like when you do hear, like a Taylor Swift song where she talks about like maybe her homicidal fantasies. I mean, maybe that maybe I'm misreading her songs, <laughs> <laughs> but kind of like a Lana Del Rey type of thing where she's like, Oh, she's sweet. And like right. she's got cute, cute songs. And then you like, you know, Lana's just all her songs are actually really morbid and they are and very dark. dark. But um, they're beautiful. Yeah. But she makes, she's she puts, beautiful. <laughs> yeah you gonna say that into the camera lana you are absolutely gorgeous no um so despite its somewhat small size pirate metal is still very much a popular metal subgenre um and alestorm plays the whack and open air festival every year which is a giant heavy metal festival um rum ahoy and a few of these others, you know, all toward the U.S. pretty consistently um, beforehand. So, you know, the deal is that pirate metal is doing pretty well right now. And, you know, when you think about some of its sister genres like Celtic metal, Nordic folk, whaler, punk. I didn't realize that there is also a genre called whaler punk. Okay. So it's not just if, if you're not a pirate, you're just out to kill whales. Right. You know. But you're into like, you know, some some gritty, like maybe anti-authoritarian, you know, upbeat, fast punk. Then there's a genre for you to spear okay. whales to. There you go. Yeah. Um, so Celtic punk, Celtic metal, Nordic folk metal, Viking metal, like pirate metal is not even the only seaborne um, music genre, right? There is Viking metal. So you're literally talking about two different groups of nautical people that are yeah. raiding and pillaging that okay. have their own styles of music, but are also vastly different. Yeah. That sounds very Norse to me. Right. Know? Um, there's mellow death 
there's battle metal, so metal that's specifically for battle only. Yes, battle only. You can only <laughs> listen to this if you are preparing for battle. <laughs> Which is, I feel like every morning for me. Right. Yeah. It's a battle just to get up. Oh, yeah. I'm looking in the mirror and it's a battle. I'm at a stoplight and I look over at the guy next to me picking his nose and it's a battle not to just <laughs> drive my car into a telephone pole, you know? Um, sometimes the telephone poles just find you too. And then, you know, that's where it gets real scary. Yeah, man. Sometimes those telephone poles are just really (laughs) wide and inviting. (laughs) Sometimes that divider in the road just jumps out in front of you. At least that's what I'm telling the first responders. (laughs) No, I don't need to be put in the psych ward. Don't 5150 me. This pole is just out there. Let's be real. That is a good Van Halen album. Which? 5150. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) If there's ever a time to just switch gears into Van Halen, like, let's take that switch. (laughs) Which, rest in peace, Eddie. Um, You know, he gave the world a lot. and, And he really just gave, like, I feel like the litmus test for a guitarist to prove their metal. You know, pardon the pun, but... If you are a serious guitarist and you learned eruption by the time high school is over, you're like, okay, this guy could definitely at least play in a bar band for the rest of his life. Right. You know? Yeah. I was never skilled enough to get my chops to Van Halen status. Yeah. But our, uh, our lead guitarist definitely, he's insane. So he could do it. <laughs> what was your litmus test for? Like for you to think like you were good at guitar, what did you have to play? Because um, I know like originally it was kind of like Brain Stew. If you could play Brain right. Stew by Green Day <laughs> or the opening chords for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Right. I um, mean, that's, you know, that's like, all right, I can do this. Right. Uh, the first song I ever learned was the Adam song by Blink-182. Um, so great song. Uh, super I'm sorry that learn. time I spilled the apple juice. In our house again. <laughs> Please tell mom this is not her fault. That's right. Yeah, dude. That's a, also a pretty morbid song. Hoping, yeah, oh, so morbid. So hoping you'd sing along with me right now. Left I'm me sorry, out I'm, hanging I'm, in the wind. You know, I didn't know when you were going to start. The key was off. No. <laughs> Remember the time that I spilled the, the cup of apple juice in the hall. Please, Please tell mom this is not her fault. Yeah. That's so bad. That's so sad, dude. So, oh my God, they wrote that song about one of their fans that had committed, committed suicide and his family wrote a letter to them and it was like, you guys meant a lot to him. And I mean, this is early blink. Like this is dude ranch. Like they were not blowing up enema of the state. Right. All things hadn't hit yet. So like, you know, the kid who took his life was definitely like in early on blink when 82. Yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, that's, that's just a sad backstory for a really beautiful song. Yeah. It is a beautiful song. Um, and, uh, then it was like, you know, then you get to stairway to heaven, right? You got to learn Stairway to Heaven, mostly just because anytime you go into a music store, it says don't play Stairway to Heaven, you know, uh, denied. So, yeah, do not play it. So it's like, well, <laughs> now I have to learn this song because you're telling me no. <laughs> I always think of Wayne's World when he walks in. Yeah. Whoa, dude. No Stairway. <laughs> yeah. Denied. Oh, denied. She, <laughs> she will be mine. Oh, yes. She will. She will be mine. 
dude, Garth, get a grip. <laughs> um, I just want to say a couple things about these pirate metal guys. And, and, you know, I think that's the big story um, to tie it back to pirate metal is just how do these guys get into it? Are they at the Renaissance fairs and they're just like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And they go home and pick up a guitar and get into pirate metal. Or are they watching, you know, Johnny Depp in the Pirates movies? And they're just like, I like the aesthetic. How can I wear this most weekends in my life? You know, there was a time where I wanted to be Johnny Depp and uh, Captain Jack Sparrow really is who I wanted to be. Uh, mostly because, you know, I just thought the, the movies were great. Orlando Bloom was great. Yeah. It's hot, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, Keira Knightley. Oh, yeah. Her too. Her too. Yeah. But I almost wanted to say Olivia Wilde. I was like, oh, nope, wrong character. You can throw her in there. <laughs> I can just imagine her and Kira <laughs> hanging out. She would have been Kira's like chambermaid. Right. <laughs> um, but I could see you, you know, I could see you as a Jack Sparrow character. Yeah. You know, I just I used to want to impersonate his walk, you know, just the aloof like, yeah, like you're always holding a glass of rum, just swirling it around. Right. I heard he got. <laughs> yeah. And I heard he got. So there's different layers to that walk because he gleaned that from Keith Richards walk. I guess when Johnny was trying to come up with it, he was like, I want to get Keith Richards in his prime and kind of how he. And Keith Richards is like, come on, man, give me another fuck, man. I'm just fuck, you know. Just, <laughs> he's always just kind of had this, he was always moving uh-huh. ADD, but it was also like a little, he had, you know, heroin. So he's just very like, yeah, man, just like, you know, <laughs> slurring the words. Like, you think I'm drunk? It was really just the opiates, man. It's just the opiates. Yeah. So you're really impersonating Keith, Keith Richards. Richards which that's even cooler. Yeah. Just the uh, more you know. Hey, the music fringe <laughs> is what we're talking about. Um, and and just to go back, you know, just why these people got into pirate metal is such a just a fascinating wormhole into the you know deep psyche of a human. Indeed. As to why you want to be <laughs> reflecting uh, pirate songs through the the metal vessel, the vessel that is metal music, but. Um, Christopher Bowes, who's the lead singer of Ailstorm, who we said is the Beatles of pirate metal, um, said there's definitely a small scene, but it's not like we're exchanging notes on pirate things or discussing accordion melodies. It's rowdy. It's a party. That's the main thing. Um, so he's saying that, you know, they're not paying attention as much to like the accuracy around being yeah. a pirate. It's more just the spirit, which I can completely fall behind. Um, and you know, he's written songs like heavy metal pirates and the lyrics are, we are heavy metal pirates. We sail across the sky in our battleships of cosmic steel. We're the terror up on high. Um, you know, that's, that's just fun. That's just a lot of fun packed into a song. And apparently how Ailstorm got going is, is they, um, started sharing demos on MySpace and they sold out their fo- their first show when they started donning all pirate regalia. Okay. So you're also just seeing like, these are normal guys that adapted to make it. 
Yeah. And this was the only way. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the thing is that's what makes you the next level from just like a band to like a band that people want to keep going to see, you know, like uh, you add that extra something that makes it fun for them and they want to go and kind of bask in that experience, you know, the whole theme of it all yeah. genre. And I don't know, uh, you know, like Power Man 5000, they have that look, right? And then their bass player, uh, we opened for them one time and the bass player is just doing the robot the whole time. And uh, I just thought it was odd and interesting, but he was like, that's what you got to do, man. You just take it to the next level. And then people go there to see that. And, you know, he's like, that's what makes you just from a regular musician to a musician that can make a lot of money selling out shows. And I'm like, OK, so basically everyone just has to learn the robot or wear pirate clothes <laughs> and you're a success, right? <laughs> I'd say so. I'm just imagining that motivational speech. Yeah, man. <laughs> you just got to do what it takes. And for me, that's the robot. Yeah. <laughs> before every before every show. Uh, but, you know, gimmicks are gimmicks, but they get gimmicks. people through the door and money's money. Gimmicks, gimmick, money's yeah. money. See, I just don't know if I could uh, commit to the robot ever. But you could have your own <laughs> version of that. You could have like the, the psychedelic worm. Right. You, you know, but I just thought that the only way was to do the robot. So <laughs> he, never, he never really outlined, he never really fleshed out his full thought on that. All we were left with is that we should be doing the, the robot before each set. And unfortunately that was the wrong advice to be taken as a budding band. Is, don't do the robot. We were lampooned. Um, Unless you're Power Man 5000, then you can do the robot. Yeah, man. Let's talk about Power Man real quick because they are just incredible and i got introduced to them through the dracula 2000 soundtrack oh uh-huh which is highly underrated you it's know, a good one you got manson and zombie on there but you also have right you know that that cool wave of you know 2000s it wasn't new metal it was a little harder than that right um blanking on the genre name here at the music fringe but power man 5000 was definitely yeah um, part of that awesome era I, yeah. I think they got when thrown worlds in with, collide, man. That yeah. was a really good song. They got and, lumped uh, in with corn a lot too. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Right, we can't say. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. Corn um, may be the last true rock band, or at least what that Rolling Stone article said, and I believe them by some yeah. of the stories that came out of corn's four seasons you know hotel room and yeah. their dressing rooms those guys <laughs> those guys took it to another another level that their basis had to become a born-again christian yeah like you do enough meth and partying that like god finally is just like you're coming with me <laughs> like um you know yeah you know, <laughs> you're being called out <laughs> this you have enough. had enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but for another um you know, just getting into some of the origins of pirate metal and where some of these bands came from. I talked about the Dread Crew of Oddwood, which is a folk metal outfit. And they played their first show at a Renaissance festival. And um, they, you know, they were just kind of doing their own thing. And people came up to them and were like, hey, man, you sound like Ailstorm. And they didn't realize who they were. And so they kind of just came up organically and somebody slapped 
the pirate metal moniker on them, but they were all, they're also purists. Um, so Wolfbeard O'Brady, who is the lead vocalist and accordion player for Dread Crew of Oddwood, um, you know, said, you know, Ailstorm, that's a great name, but they play Keytar, so that's not a pirate. Um, okay. But then he's like, but it is what it is, and it's all new to us, so we're cool, and I know we're original. So those are shots fired. I don't know if it's like East-West hip-hop type <laughs> beef, but you're definitely getting like a purist um right. slash more gimmick we're in it you know ailstorm we're in yeah. it for the fun and we're going to sell a lot more records we're going to play bigger shows yeah and when i sell records i mean we're going to stream a lot more songs <laughs> i feel like christopher walking over here and that's good oh i know we're going to sell gold records I don't know if this is true or not, but I did just recently read an article that Christopher Walken has never owned a computer and he doesn't have a cell phone either, like a smartphone. So he's never even sent an email, apparently. So I don't that's crazy. know why I <laughs> tried to type on the BlackBerry. I just, no. <laughs> that was pretty good. It's not terrible, but if you got to walk in, you only walk it out. <laughs> and I just tried it out my walk-in with no support whatsoever. <laughs> that that came in cold, so sorry for that. Um uh, well. You yeah. got my boy all wrong here. Yeah. You do it again, I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. <laughs> but if if we want to get de- deep into walk-in, like the one thing that I hate that my f- friend group doesn't know about Christian Wa- Christopher Walken, we know him from Joe Dirt and like all these other dumb movies where he has great lines, but walking in the deer hunter. Have you seen deer hunter? I have not. Okay, it was a film that flopped when it came out because it's like two and a half hours, but it's got Harvey Keitel. It's got Bobby De Niro and Christopher Walken in their prime. And they're just, you know, some steel town young guys in the seventies that uh, get called up for Vietnam and they end up going and it's some of the most messed up, just fucked up scenes you've ever seen uh, wow. about Vietnam. About Vietnam. Um, but I digress. I'll have to watch this. Now. Yeah, man. If you've ever heard, you know, when somebody's like, Didi Mao, yeah. Didi Mao. That's from the POW scene with Christopher Walken and Bobby De Niro. They've been caught by the, you know, by the Viet Cong and they're being forced to play Russian roulette. And, the one guy keeps telling Christopher Walken, like, you got to do it. You got to, like, did he mouth? Like, put the gun to your head and play the game. And it's, you know, I won't ruin the scene because it's only a 50-year-old movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. And I digress once again because we're talking about pirate metal and we're talking about bands like Rum Rebellion, which is a Portland pirate punk band. And... They liked living the pirate lifestyle um, before they did, before they liked playing the music. And so they said, you know, Dave Noyes, who's their lead vocalist, said it started on white, white water rafting trips that he and his friends would pack up instruments and they would pull up to the beach, make a fire, and they would start singing she- sea shanties. Um, and so after a few of the sea shanties, they decided to expound on that. And they're like, why should we keep this all to ourselves? And they ended up playing on the streets and making enough money to buy their whiskey. And they started saying when they mixed in the pirate yargs, the mosh pit would turn into, you know, craziness with arms interlocked, slam dancing. 
and he would start to see punk rockers come out and play. Um, so he's saying that there's a lot of punk rock in pirate metal and that the anarcho culture is modern piracy. Right. And that that's kind of the zeitgeist of, you know, where all this pirate metal is coming from. Um, but we're definitely seeing, we're definitely seeing like a schism between people who follow the animus of, um, pirate metal and just what it is to be a pirate and the music's kind of secondary. And then people who are like, no, this is what pirates sound like. And here are the instruments that uh-huh. they should be playing. And we're going to keep everything historically accurate. Um, okay. What, which side would you fall on? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, I definitely think I would be more of a historically accurate purist type of uh, pirate metal player if I was to make that kind of music. Now I'm kind of curious and want to dive into it, actually. Um, and w- what is it like with Texas? You know, Texas had a lot of pirates. Where does that kind of fall in with pirate metal? That's an excellent point because... Pirate Lafitte, Lafitte's Cove. Lafitte exactly. used to hang out in Galveston. He right. buried his treasure. We still haven't found that. I know. And, and I think it's Texas supposed pirate, to be, you know, millions of dollars yeah. in today's dollars. And I think Texas pirates would have a lot to bring to the table as far as the landscape of, you know, piracy and, and metal music. Cause I, so basically we need to start a pirate metal band in Texas. Absolutely. And have a Texas twist on it. Right? As soon as possible. Yeah. And I can't say it won't get trashy real quick because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I imagine Texas pirates. Like we wouldn't be fancy. We wouldn't be, you know, no. English pirates. We wouldn't be like, you know, well-dressed Norwegian pirates. No. Um, we wouldn't even have like, you know, fun accents like, you know, a couple Boston pirates up there. We're going to fucking come in and steal your cast. We're also going to take your Stratocasters. But, you know, I think the Texas Pirates would just be like, hey, man, like we're going down to, uh, you know, we're going down to Rio Grande Valley. And yeah, we're just going to do warm course lot on the beach, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> down at uh, Clayton's. It's the uh, biggest patio bar in Texas. Is it? Yeah, in South Padre Island. Hell yeah, that's right. That's where you're from. Yeah. Um, and I want to get into, like, we're going to jump into who Billy King is inside and out. We're going to yeah. do a dissection okay. of, of your Let's personal character after I bring up this last pirate metal The band, final pirate think, metal band. Yeah, this is the final boss. <laughs> and I think it's one of the most interesting ones. So um, it's obvious. It's obvious that this wouldn't be a fit with hip hop and pirate metal, but captain Dan and the scurvy crew just does not listen to conventionality. Okay. And they do not go to the beat of somebody else's drum. They beat their own leather skin drums on their boats because that's what they do. And captain Dan and the scurvy crew, um, were briefly contestants on America's got talent, um, where they were ridiculed and lost in the first round. Um, and they just threw ridiculed in there. I'm just assuming that they were made fun of, but then okay. simultaneously cheered for. Because it's that's tough to walk in with Simon and you're a pirate band. Yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine <laughs> the destruction he brought a, upon oh, them. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but what Captain Dan has done is that he's retained the 90s age, golden age, um, hip-hop vibes um, with 
the pirate metal vibe. So um, they wrote a song about a fan called All Me Mateys Dead and Gone, which was a a fan um, who had lost his life. Um, and the scurvy crew um, has said that being a pirate rap group, you know, is is partially being goofballs, but it's also about just honoring the people who actually love them. And in this case, you know, there is a young man who absolutely loved the pirate rap rock of Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crow. And when he lost his life, this band was, you know, in memoriam was was nice enough, had enough empathy to create a song called All Me Mateys Dead and Gone for him. And I just I think like, like there's there's a deepness to some of these bands that, you know, maybe we're just skimming over. Maybe we just think like, oh, they like dressing up and that's their fetish. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's more than that. It seems that way. Yeah. seems like a lifestyle. You just Because, yeah. you know, you have bands like Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. That was like in the 50s. And this guy wore an eye patch and it was kind of rockabilly style music. They had this song Shaking All Over. Got pretty popular back then, but I think they were just more like for the gimmick of it versus the lifestyle, you know? Yeah. And pi- pirates aren't going anywhere. I mean, no, they're here. So catch the wave now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like hackers are pirates. Yes. Yeah. You know, Anarch- anarcho right. culture has embraced or like pirate radio. Those, those guys yeah. were pirates. Yeah. I feel like in a way you're kind of a pirate. Um, and it's not just me you know you're a tau yeah it's uh it's me saying that because i find a scalawag vibe to you in a way where you know you make your own rules (laughs) and and you've kind of gone out and done your own things and you know yeah you've you've pillaged you've raped and pillaged without the rape and I hope that's without that. Yeah, ever. I'm, they just had to make that a disclaimer. Yeah, because yeah, it it's, it's a colloquialism. Yeah, and we just say it, but we don't. I actually. I know Kanye sings it in one of his songs. Yeah. to village women and children. If um, there's one thing we know: if Kanye clears it, then it's we're, we're good to go, <laughs> and that's verifiable fact, and <laughs> that's ready to go. But I do think that um, you know you've created you know kind of your own aesthetic and your own world with. Billy King and the Bad Bad Bad, and it's in a way it's become more than the music, and and it definitely, you know, everything like crosses over. But when I think of Billy King and the Bad Bad Bad, I think of you know this whole world that's kind of like you're the ringmaster, and it <laughs> kind of like guiding you through, um, yeah, a journey, yeah, of sorts, and you know, but- with Billy King, how how did that like come to fruition with your whole aesthetic. Yeah. You know, so for, you know, Billy King, uh, it kind of, my grandfather went by Billy King. So that was like his, uh, moniker. My dad went by Murray, so he didn't really use it. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm just going to start going by that because, you know, my grandpa did, he passed away when my dad was like very young. So I never got the chance to meet him, but, uh, you know, one it's paying homage to that family, like rebellion. Uh, but, uh, you know, mostly with it, it's kind of, it just started as a, 
kind of uh, a feeling of uh, anti-establishment was like how I was starting to write these songs. And then I just incorporated, you know, like other creatures and stories, things that I was very interested in or conspiracies like reptilians and things like that. And uh, I feel like reptilians are, you know, trying to control humans. Right. And so I was very fascinated with that whole idea of like taking that aspect of like, this is your journey and we're taking you on that journey of like breaking free from that confinement, basically. I think listeners pick up on that. It's very cinematic. Um, what you guys put out there, like you, it doesn't take a lot to start imagining some of the things that you're saying in your lyrics and just the vibe, like, um, you make it easy. You I know, try to, to, to <laughs> so, you know, so I don't have get, to work and use my brain, <laughs> yeah. but, um, just for anybody who doesn't know Billy King and the bad, bad, bad is a band based out of Austin, Texas. They are, um, you know, psychedelic surf rock or surf rock from hell. I yeah. will let you describe the proper yeah, genre. You know, uh, so yeah, it's definitely like a surf rock from hell vibe. Uh, it's, you know, got that good old American classic rock and roll, you know, I like to say like classic rock, modern roll, uh, you know, trying to, to bring a new edge to it. But, uh, you know, it's an amalgamation of a lot of different sounds that you're definitely used to. So it like piques your interest, but it's a new take on it. I feel it's a fresh take. Um, and even though a lot of the songs will sound different or can be about different subjects, uh, they all have that sound that, you know, it's us, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, you definitely have your kind of trademark sound and it's your voice. I can hear your voice, you know, projected out on a cruise ship and you know, I don't know exactly <laughs> who that is. It must be a pirate cruise ship, right? Oh pirate themed God. cruise ship. <laughs> How many of those do you think exist? There's gotta be just, uh, there must be three Mamati. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, uh, cruise ships to begin with already have like a certain segment of the population, but then you throw pirate themed yeah. cruise ship attendees man that must get wild yeah as bill burr says we should start with the problem of overpopulation <laughs> with addressing the cruise industry first and just start sending cruise ships out and not letting them not come letting back. them come back yeah <laughs> don't let um, them port you know but no offense to anybody who does like taking cruise ships. I know it's been rough these past nine months not being on your cruises. And we hope that Carnival, Disney, and all those brands that you like to interact with are soon resuscitated. And you can enjoy your snooker and all-you-can-eat buffets with Norwalk virus and other fun pathogens that exist <laughs> on those ships that are floating Petri dishes. Right. Let's be real. Absolutely. And it's just evidenced just... by this pandemic. But again, I... And others. I just want to say Sires, that, yeah, cruise ship attendees, um, there's no judgment being passed at this table or any table in America for that matter. No. Um, about you and your lifestyle choices. I've never been on a cruise. I always wanted to go, though. I We were going to go to a cruise to Alaska back in uh, 2000. I was in sixth grade. <laughs> and uh, we ended up not being able to go because SARS back then. Oh my God. Yeah. So 
do you ever think you're in the Truman Show and they're just like, oh, we don't have the budget to film <laughs> in Alaska right now. Right. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. We're just going to have to Possibly so. Yeah. Let's just put the SARS yeah. thing on the TV for him. There we go. That's and it. I can never go. Yeah. And then you were trying to travel and it's just like, no, nope, it's right. coronavirus, dude. I know. And then you were trying Which, to do something today and they're like, no, we'll have Lee come do a podcast with you. <laughs> he's got to derail him. Let's have him do the Honestly, fake podcast. Getting derailed from work is pretty great to me. So <laughs> getting derailed in any regard is pretty great. I'm sorry. It just, it was too easy to walk into and Will laid it out there. But with Billy King and the Bad, 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 you guys have been growing in Austin and you started playing regional shows. And now I can drop your name at your local coffee shop. You know, and even hipster baristas know who you guys are. You know, the hipster baristas do come out in droves. <laughs> there are dozens of us. There are dozens of us. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we do have a big, solid service industry crowd, which we love. You know, I mean, I have was in the service industry for a very long time. Uh, and I feel like, you know, just it's all a family, at least here in Austin, with that type of industry you know everyone supports each other definitely well with with psychedelic surf rock we've talked about this so you know this is a micro genre podcast and you guys kind of use that as your slogan we're psych rock from hell and i think that was a perfect description of what i was hearing and kind of your aesthetic at least for that album um but you've said that maybe that's changed a bit or you know, so how would you describe your band? And then like, how have you struggled with, you know, describing your band and then being yeah. stuck with that label? Oh, right. Yeah. See, cause like whenever we first started, it was surf rock from hell, right? Psych, surf, rock and roll combined to form this amalgamation of what it was and still is. But, uh, you know, one thing is describing your band, how to figure out how to make it unique. Like, how do you stand out from other bands? One thing people like to do is compare it to other bands. What's a struggle for us is comparing it to other bands. Like, I don't really know exactly who we sound like. A lot of people say like, you know, um, Arctic Monkeys or, um, you know, things like, uh, early nineties rock and roll, but I don't know if we really fit that. And I mean, one of the things that I chose Billy King and the Bad, Bad, Bad for was because I felt that that type of name doesn't lock you down to a certain genre, a certain style. We're able to like kind of break the barriers and the boundaries of different styles, kind of genre bend into other things, you know, just regular traditional rock and roll or like get more psych with it, get surfy or just kind of experiment in other ways. I mean, pop rock is still awesome to me. So I'm not afraid of venturing into any realm. But with this next album, um, so you've tried to shed like the psych rock from hell. Yes. So definitely not really like I wouldn't say shed it because mm-hmm. it's still ingrained in our right our roots. Right. Yeah. So just kind of trying to move beyond it. Yeah. And not necessarily be uh, held by that moniker. Yeah. Man, even though it's still a cool moniker. 
creative, yeah. you know, freedoms are already being locked in. Right. By society, dude. Right. By society is doing this. I know. You'd never think that they would be the culprits, but they're under our noses the whole time scheming. Yes. Um, well, what do you think about people who would like split hairs on that? There's a lot of them here in Austin. Some might call me one, but music nerds, kind of posers or musicologists, like people who love to start podcasts about microgenres. Uh, the dilettantes of the world. The dilettantes. Yes. Um, mm. But if, you know, if somebody starts like, <laughs> no, you don't sound like psych rock from hell. I'd say you're like psychedelic surf music based, yeah. you know, in central Texas. Um, like, how do you take to that? Do you, are you I like, would just accept their opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like force somebody to believe one way or another how our music sounds. I think, right. you know, if I think it sounds one way, like, you know, my influences, even though we don't sound like them, like. Thin Lizzy, David Bowie, Tom Petty, you know, Michael Jackson. Those are like big heroes of mine. And like, you know, you think about those guys. I don't think we sound anything like them, but those are my influences. And for somebody to say that we sound one way, that's just their own opinion, man. That's just like your opinion, man. Totally. <laughs> but if somebody came up and was like, dude, you sound like Carnival Ride, you know, cotton candy music, man. Then I would just have to let them think that it's Carnival Ride Cotton Candy music. You got a pretty cool head. <laughs> I feel like you know a lot of uh, a lot of musicians really like take offense. On, oh, like, sure. One word goes wrong, or if it's in a byline, or you know, I've yeah. done, I've written about music here in town, music journalism, and and if you get like a a genre description wrong on an artist. And they really, I mean, most people do really care about that stuff yeah. and it really pisses them off. I they, can see that. It's I mean, life, it's almost career ending for you them. Gotta, yeah. like, no, you filed me under this <laughs> in a public forum and I'll never escape it. Yeah. I mean, we did get a write up that said we were country once and I was like, okay, well, I don't think so, but. Okay. Maybe they're spending too much time at the White Horse and they're just listening to like a lot of blues that yeah. sounds country to them or they think is country because they're at the White Horse. That's the best response. <laughs> well, okay, you're entitled to your opinion, but we sure ain't country. Nope. <laughs> I reckon, though, it might be more whatever they feel. I reckon you but, like uh, plucking a few <laughs> strings, but... <laughs> We ain't country. No. We just like playing in front of the hail bales and cows. Come on now. <laughs> ain't country. Um, I do like country music, though. Yeah. You know? I feel like when you ask people, like, hey, man, what's your favorite music, right? I yeah. hate this conversation. Oh, Everybody I know. You should hate it. But mainly you get, oh, I like everything except country. <laughs> yeah, that is true. A yeah. lot of people say that. No, I enjoy country, but yeah. I mean, I also went to Texas A&M. It was a pretty country school. Right. You grew up uh, in College Station, right? Yeah. No, I, no, I grew, grew up, up in the Valley, in the South valley. Texas, right. but, you know, College Station, I spent six years there, you know, four years for school. And then I just hung around <laughs> for two years after graduating, which I honestly don't do. If you ever like go to A&M, like, don't stick around just for fun because everybody moves away and then you're just the oldest guy there. So it's just, it gets weird quick. And then you have to start a psychedelic <laughs> surf band. And to, then you have to do that. Yeah. To get outside and get into <laughs> Austin and, and make it happen. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I think when, you know, a lot of people, it's not very nuanced conversation. They're just like, 
um, yeah, I just hate country and I love everything else. It's like, do you love everything else? Do you love, you know, analog Brian Eno synths? <laughs> you know, do you love plant growing music, Plantasia music? Do you, yeah. you know, are you really into that? No. Um, and then, elevator do you music. Really, do you, do you love, really hate all of Johnny music? Cash? Like, do you really hate like outlaw country? Do you really hate every Reba song? Country? Well, you'd outlaw country. outlaw country. Outlaw country. I call it outlaw country. Yeah. But also you can listen to like Reba's whole catalog. And it's like, if you can't find one song in there that you yeah. like, like you ain't living. I know. You ain't living. I mean, if you, if you don't like Hank Williams, Jr. Family tradition, I don't know who you are then. <laughs> yeah. You best present an ID for him, sir. Cause you ain't from Texas. <laughs> you ain't from Texas. Um, if you had to say like, what is your guiltiest pleasure? And, and music taste. Music taste, yeah. Uh, you know, definitely into all of that. You know, I grew up, I was born in 89, right? So, like, a lot of the 90s boy bands. Um, so, you know, I was definitely into Backstreet Boys over NSYNC. Although, Justin Timberlake on his on his own, love him. You know, he doesn't, yeah. But, uh, you know, Spice Girls, for sure, still guilty pleasure, you know? All the girls around the world. That's right. Spice up your life. <laughs> Are you ready to spice up your life? Yeah, I was ready for Spice World. <laughs> Having an older world. sister, I had to watch that movie yeah, a relentless see, amount of times. I had a lot of, I had four sisters, four brothers. So all the girls in my family, they loved Spice Girls. Yeah, we just and skipped over. You're from a family of nine. Yeah. I had no idea. How was yeah. it being a Jehovah's Witness? You know, uh, it was what it was. Wait, you are really? Right? <laughs> no, okay. not really. No, I had like, you know, one, you one immediate brother and sister, and then a half brother, half sister, two uh, stepbrothers, gotcha. two stepsisters. So, you're, so we you had got, the big old family. Yeah, you got diluted you know. siblings. Yeah, but got, they're still full. No, no. They're, you know, they're, I will. Do you take not them to want the to drive no. a wedge between you and your family, <laughs> That's especially right. right before Christmas. Like, not the best timing. And by diluted siblings, <laughs> that is not a pejorative no. or derogatory term. That's just my way of generalizing. Yes. Right. Diluted Through marriage. Siblings. Um, well, that's wild, man. So you pretty much came up like the Jacksons. Yeah. And like the Wayans brothers, too, and other awesome yeah. big families. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Very interesting. Well, always a lot of people around. Yeah. So would you, you're talking about your guiltiest pleasures, like Backstreet Boys in sync, boy bands. Right. No, you have five boys. You just said that. Yeah. I guess brothers. we could have started our own boy band. Well, you could have been like the Keystone right. band member and just had like I could the have been all the Michael four girls. Of the Jackson back. Five. Yes. Boom. Absolutely. If only your father had been more abusive and, right. and music oriented. Right. <laughs> I know I was, Dude, it was really, about to get real dark. <laughs> totally missed out, man. This abusive childhood uh, could have gotten you. You know, abusive record. childhoods are very not fun. So I'm glad that, you know, mine wasn't too abusive. Yeah. Shout out to anybody who had an abusive childhood. Um, mine was pretty, uh, pretty interesting that's for sure nice mm -hmm. mine was was boring um <laughs> that's good perfect. at least it was boring just and left perfect. me in my own head which is almost worse yeah you know it's just like no it's not worse no but um 
Yeah, man. Do you want to get into your childhood stuff? Or? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. My childhood was, uh, it was pretty great. I was always the optimist of my family, you know? Okay. So, uh, pretty much always in an upbeat, good mood. It was very rare to like really kind of piss me off. But whenever you do upset me, like you better watch out because I'm going to, you know, throw fire at you. Yeah. Aries, right? And so. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, um, let's see. My stepdad loved to spar, what he called sparring, but it was really just, you know, beating up on you until finally you're able to kick their ass. And then once you're able to beat up on them, then uh, it's not so fun for them anymore. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, totally. then they finally kind of stop. Yeah. <laughs> I have an elder brother who's 18 months older. And so he whooped my butt up and down, especially when he went through puberty and I was left behind. Like those, the, that couple of years was just like absolute, just got torched ground oh, up into man. me, just beatings. But then, you know, yeah. little he caught up. And right. then I was bigger than him. And that's when it like, during that period of you're still figuring out like what those dynamics are, uh -huh. and you're like, I think I'm bigger than you, but like, <laughs> let, me, let me put it into practice. Like you still don't know like your own strength, uh -huh. and, like how brutal you can be. Totally. And you're in this teenage caveman brain. Right. Where and you're just like, just, you called me a pizza face. Yeah. <laughs> pizza face. You know, all and that, man. Yeah. It, was, it got really <laughs> vicious. So you have to find like a homeostasis, but it's yeah. not through, it's like a lot of blood and sweat and tears that that finally gets reached because yeah you know we're animals man and even siblings it's just like right we're torching each other well, you just have all that pent up uh like uh you've just been tormented for so long and then finally you're able yeah. to like stand up for yourself oh, so yeah, you're not uh aware of yeah, uh, your strength. He, uh, your he split my head open with his braces once, jumping off a top bunk, uh, hit me in the face with an aluminum bat once. Wow. And knocked out a few teeth. Um, wow. Dude, the guy was a straight savage, and I love him today, and he's not the savage he once was. He has a son, <laughs> and he lives in Jersey Village, Texas, and he's a sweetheart. But, man, were there some, <laughs> were there some years. Yeah. Oh, Didn't man. know if he was going to turn into, uh, yeah. you know, he, he could have been a serial killer locked up in Huntsville right now. Yeah. Or he could have been the nice man that he is today. But you, you wouldn't know in those years. Yeah. I've definitely been hit in the face with a uh, broom handle that definitely had no end cap on it and it was just metal rusty metal oh. so i got to get a tetanus shot after that that was fun no that's just right under the chin that's the fun double whammy like when you mm -hmm. get injured and yeah. you're like and it was rusty <laughs> yeah oh, god <laughs> yeah and you're like 11 or so and your mom's like we're getting a tetanus shot let's go yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, yeah. I got it six years ago. Right. And they're like, nope. And now you're supposed to get it every 10 years, right? Or yeah, years? I, I don't know. Either way. I think as a kid, it was like it ten, was shorter. Every 10 years. Yeah. But now as an adult, it's 10 years. I don't know. But I know I it's been over 10 years yeah, since I've gotten one. Yeah. And I I've definitely lie. cut myself on rusty things. Totally <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. You know, it's just... But I don't want another big shot. I don't either. You know, uh, <laughs> they definitely so like get your arm sore, you know? Oh, it's yeah, dude. I remember I'm at summer camp and I step on a rusty nail and they're like, oh, we got to take you in the town, which is like, oh, shit, it's serious. Like camp nurse can't handle this. They got to take me <laughs> into like this shitty little, you know, we're in Trinity, Texas. Shout out Trinity, Texas. Camp Olympia. 
Um, and we go in and the guy's like, Hey man, like you need a tetanus shot. Cause he stepped on a rusty nail. I was like, no, no, no. Like I got one like, like a few months ago, you need to check. And he's like, sorry, man, your, your hospital, your provider's not picking up. Your mom's not picking up. Like, we're just going to have to stick you. And so I'm in this like little shabby, like one horse town, you know, doctor's office. And he's whipping out the biggest needle you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. And I'm just like this little 11 year old who's just like, no, like keep calling my mom. <laughs> I swear to God. I had and as I got out of the movies, dude, he's like about to stick me at uh -huh. the phone rings. I'm like, burr, burr. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, he's got it. He's like, all right, we got your records. You don't need it. Wow. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <sighs> but also, you know, yeah, that, that kind of torment, that's what turns us into musicians. So yeah, I feel like tormented answer. children are always the musicians, right? Or the artists. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they're either in Huntsville serving 20 to life or they're artists. <laughs> oh, this is sad truth. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> You know, so you could have done like a lot of like boy band and girl band stuff. With you know, the I missed out on that opportunity. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I de definitely whenever I was into all that, Aaron Carter was popular and I was the same age as Aaron Carter. And I was uh, like, I could be Aaron Carter. Yeah. He aged like wine, by the way. Yeah. He's just awesome today. No, mm, no. He's, he's I thought that was the opposite. Yeah, I think he's on he's on meth and he thinks everybody's out to get him. Yeah, his, I think he has aged interview. like Mad Dog 2020. You yeah, know, it's man. not good after his, one year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't know. MD 2020 expires. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Oh, wow. But that flavor, oh, I don't want to drink Once it. Once I popped old. a cap that hasn't lasted 20 minutes, so, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> That's right. Um, what What is your... I'll just say it like who you fucking to, you know, um, what's, uh, what's some good music? What's some central jams? It doesn't even have to be central because sex doesn't have to be central, but yeah. Well, Kid Cudi did who, just release his, uh, man on the moon three album. Okay. That was actually really good. I was super into that. Um, what else this year, this band Dracula's they're here in Austin. They're mm -hmm. like a punk it's like rock mike weeby yeah mike weeby of riverboat gamblers and then the guitarist of uh, rise against um they have this new album terminal amusements that's probably my favorite album of the year i would say uh it's pretty awesome actually and all the songs are real short so you could listen to the whole album in like 34 minutes you know that's something sick, like dude. that it's always <laughs> weird saying that like you're fucking to somebody whose band is here in town because then you're like you see him hey man i I yeah, lay, I lay my lady to you. <laughs> you know, like your voice caresses yeah. both of our ears. No, I mean, and embrace definitely <laughs> for that. It's it's got to be Frank Ocean, you yeah. know, or like Coco Butter Kisses, you know, uh, Chance the Rapper. There you go. Do you go back to Channel Orange? Yeah, Channel Orange yeah. for sure. That album is just phenomenal. Yeah, I can't get but, enough of it. Yeah, it's so good. I still the whole thing to front to back. That's probably there's like. It's a rare thing for me to find an album that I'm like, this is just a banger from front to back. Like I could listen to it all the way through and Tots. not have any complaint about any yeah. minute of this, like the whole album. And that's probably one of the few ones. Jungle. I really like Jungle's album, Jungle. Yeah. By Jungle. <laughs> jungle by Jungle by Jungle. Jungle. Yeah. No, they've been, Jungle's great. Yeah. Um, but they're also, they're an all white band from UK and you just would never know that. 
by listening to them because they yeah. sound so soulful. And then they go on tour and, you know, they bring this live band with them. But the two guys writing the songs are just right. very musically proficient, mm-hmm. you know, soul fans. They're just yeah. a couple of Brit- British boys that were raised on the Motown, like, you know, <laughs> which is really like the sounds coming out of Detroit in the 70s. And um, <laughs> that, that's jungle. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But I agree with you, like, on uh, Frank Ocean's channel, Orange, that's back to back banger. And even when you think there's a song that's like, oh, this is like the one that I would skip, you end up like listening that. to yeah. it. Yeah. It's just, it took like three more plays. Right. Like, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome, dude. Your, laid, your lady gets laid to some pretty dope music, is what it sounds like. Mm, so yes. I'm excited <laughs> to hear that for her. Um, if you were to create like a Franken baby of music of just like all your favorite music genres without regard to actually, if it would sound like good or uh-huh. not, like, you know, what would you like to hear? Like Thin Lizzy meets Chicago or like, you know, really? Crosby, Stills and Nash, like the harmonies of that with like incredible solos like Van Halen. You know, totally something good. like that. Just incredible harmonies and incredible shredding yeah, together. Dude. So like, I would love to do that. I would love craft shredded, <laughs> you know, 1970s uh, pseudo Japanese aquifer music. Yeah. No, I'm just going off on a, you, you know, like different. The, oh, were you talking that you like the band Aqua? <laughs> Absolutely. Barbie girl. That's that is the Yeah. 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 Of course, dude. One hit wonder. One hit. They were German as well. Yeah. So Germany has both pirate metal and um, Barbie. Which, which is Barbie interesting doll. that Germany is so into pirate metal. Do they even border a body of water? Well, that's what I said. I th- they they're don't, landlocked, right? but they yeah. have ports. Because okay. I know there's always, you know, there's always been the German Navy. Right. The Krog. <laughs> we all know about the German Navy. Okay. <laughs> they were very dominant, you know, up until like the 40s and then something happened. <laughs> Not sure what. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a few, a few ships in, in these span of years. I'm not sure what happened to all of the sailors. Um, but they have port towns. So they definitely have the Navy still. But it's not like everybody lives... Like looking out right. into the ocean and just like, oh, I wish I was a little pirate boy. You right. know, like nobody's, you know, growing up thinking that way. So they really have to use their imagination. But Germans, you know, that's just a whole nother podcast to get into like how weird Germans <laughs> are. Like, let's be real with that. But they have amusement parks that are dedicated to American, like Native Americans. Like they really get off on Indian cowboy culture. So you can go over there and they have like Disney worlds that are specifically built to look like Western towns and they have interesting. Um, yeah. They, it's, it's a intense fascination with like native Americans and the wild West and just that whole era. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, I took a Euro trip in college and I didn't know anything at the time, but I was in Switzerland, the German speaking part, just a dumb American. And I was on the train and of course, like the Swiss are so rich. This lady just like hands me like, Oh, here's, you know, 20 euro. I love Americans. Like enjoy. It's like, oh, well in Switzerland, that only buys like two cups of coffee because it's oh, super gosh. cheap. But I remember her saying like, oh, our, our children are studying the cowboy and Indians. And I was like, what are you talking about? And like, oh, in America, the wild west. And it's like, that's part of the Swiss 
history. Yeah, like elementary school curriculum that you guys learn about cowboys and Indians. She's like, oh, it's so fascinating. It's our favorite part. Like, so anyway. Interesting. <laughs> that was like an anecdote um, from a long time ago, but it shines some light on how weird the Germans are with their yeah. fetishes. I mean, I was told that if I ever go there to say that I'm from Texas and not from America, because yeah. they'll appreciate that so much more. Totes. Uh, I had a German foreign exchange student live with me for like six months when I was in college. And that's what he told me. He was just like, if you ever go, just say you're from Texas and they'll they'll uh, treat you right. <laughs> just show them your Texan ID and yep. they'll show you where the barbecue's out back. Um, I don't know if I want to try German barbecue. That's yeah. for sure. Well, well no, I, actually, yeah, their sausages. I'm sure they're incredible. No, what right? I'll say is Bavaria is a lot like Texas because it's they like Bavarians associate themselves Bavarians over Germans. So like we're mm -hmm. Texans over right. Americans usually. But Bavaria is also like an uh, autonomous state. And like they have their own culture and it's very bucolic. And like they do have like that whole outdoor beer garden culture that honestly has been imprinted throughout texas like you know austin has sangaroon hall we've got schultz garden like all these the beer garden cultures here but anyway i'd say like texans and at least bavarians are very analogous and and uh our cultures and stuff but weren't we talking about pirate metal <laughs> we were talking about pirate metal um well our what we were talking about the Franken baby of music that you would make. Oh yeah. And that was, yeah, that was like thin Lizzie meets Chicago. Right? right. 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 So like something where, you know, like, uh, basically Crosby stills and Nash, the harmonies of those guys meets the guitar monies of Van Halen. Gotcha. So lots of, Harmonization from guitar monies and vocals. Guitar monies and vocals. Gotcha. Yes, guitar mini. So like yacht rock. No, kind of I mean, I guess. No. Yes. But okay. I mean, yes and no. It's like more upbeat, I guess. You know, would 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 they be considered uh, yacht rock, Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Yeah. 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 Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. I don't think David Crosby. Actually, David Crosby is such a real OG. I thought it was He'd just going to be like, uh, what was that? Little River Band or reminiscing? Um, for Yacht Rock? Yeah. Like who they are. And reminiscing. <laughs> um, you've got a bunch of like Yacht Rock bands. Um, who am I thinking of? If only I could afford a yacht. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just Andy Samberg. Screaming. Right. That's Yacht Rock. Um, but. A couple scenarios just to throw out there, like if you accidentally found a body in your house this morning and you're like, oh my God, like how did this happen? Um, and you're burying it out back because you just don't have time. So you, you're burying it in your backyard. Like what music is going to help you like conceptualize what's happening? And like what, what soundtrack are you playing as, as like, I'm burying the dirt? a body? gets put over his or his or her face. Yeah. You know, uh, it would probably be like that, uh, the ode Fortuna or whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about the, in the war movies. Yeah. 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 This is so sad, sad. yeah. Dun, dun. And I'm just like, you know, shoveling to the beat of Hell this yeah. 
I'm trying weird, to think what like, it was. space um, opera. Yeah. Was it the one? It was in Gladiator. Uh, uh, yeah, this is tough. I don't know. There's a few of those songs that, like, you know, are found throughout a lot of movies. Right. Cold, that but, one is on a lot of movies, you know, like, yeah. definitely in those World War II movies, it seems. I was reading about the guy who wrote that Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. And what did he say? Um, no, so he wrote it and was like, oh, it was a great piece and they didn't win any awards for it. But now it's used in sports arenas. It's used, right. um, it's used to hype people up like everywhere and for everything. It's used in short films. So that's like a contemporary dude, you know, who wrote this classical piece that's unbelievable. But then you got to think about like, I think the one you're talking about, some of these more classic pieces have just been injected into pop culture and continue to be right. recycled through. But that's that's a very classy choice to bury a body to, I think. You know, it's uh it beats Metallica. Yeah. You know. I guess it's like just one from Metallica, <laughs> just the helicopters, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I could see you like, you know, in a long pea coat, like maybe you shed one tear, but it's like, yes, you're still like holding strong and just bearing and you just know yeah. it's what has to be done. Funny story that did just happen to me this morning. I'm just kidding. Oh, like, <laughs> dude, sorry, so sorry for your pet. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, did we hit a nerve? No. Um, <laughs> what about if if uh, if somebody comes up to you and it's like, hey, man, I figured out that like to summon pagan gods, you just yeah. got to play like the right type of music over and over. And um, you got to do it in the, like this ritual. But if you play this music, you'll get a pagan god um, who will come and hang out with you. So what music would you want to use to call that pagan god? Because depending on what music you use, yeah. a different god could come. I would use the music that I write. Yeah. <laughs> and I would summon them. And then I would admit to myself that I should have never summoned them. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be like, oh my goodness, how could I have created such music that had summoned this demon? Yeah. Or a god. He's a god, right? I guess. He's a god. Unless it's, uh, you so know, Krampus. You if Krampus came, then we're all just effed. <laughs> you're saying he wouldn't be a benevolent god? He would probably be one of destruction. Or what, what do you think? It depends. What do you think? Right? I mean, it, if you played beautiful music, like that one cello song that's like... That one that everyone plays in all their movies too. Um, you know, that might draw some sort of goddess of the sea. Who knows? <laughs> That's a, it's kind of like, what is your, um, your animus or what is it in Harry Potter? What is your Horcrux? That's oh, right. Your, it's not your Horcrux. No, your Patronus. Uh, yeah, your Patronus. What is your band Patronus? Uh, hmm, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be answering Harry Potter <laughs> questions. Today. No, I do love Harry Potter. It's uh, Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> you're a uh, you're a wizard, Harry. Yes. Um, you know. 
what would be your familiar, right? Like, you know, if you had an owl or what would ours be? I don't know. Werewolf, wolfman. Yeah, it's a curious <laughs> one to think about for sure. I think if you played pirate metal and if you summoned that Patronus, it would probably be a Kraken. It would probably be a Leviathan from the deep. Or just Davy Jones yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> just all gruesome looking. Yeah, man. I don't know. Davy Jones has been corrupted by those movies. I don't. Is Davy Jones supposed to look like that? I like, don't know. An I octopus mean, face? Oh, no. Yeah. No, he's just been trapped in his locker for, oh. you know, millennia. <laughs> gotcha. I had to get to the root I'll of the etymology. I'll send you to Davy Jones' locker. Yeah. That's so badass. I think pirate metal songs should start like that. Yeah. You know, just like summoning... Summoning like, you know, Leviathans from the deep and maybe uh, ominous callings like that. Maybe that's going to be the, 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 I guess the birth of Texas pirate rock to pirate metal. And I think Texas pirate metal is definitely like something that the people need. Because when do you think about it. what do people need right now, PPE, um, maybe vaccines, like we've got a pandemic going. Um, people need like virtual options because we haven't been able to meet. Mm-hmm. And then... People need pirate metal because we've kind of lost faith in ourselves and we've lost faith in maybe how we treat ourselves yes. and how society like is supposed to treat each other. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the time, you know, music can help reinstill that because it reminds us the better parts of ourselves. And, you know, another human is capable of this and creating that joy. And you can see that reflected. I think that's what I miss about live music the most is that. You listen to some music, of course, it lights you up, you know, right? How the you unity, love it. but exactly the unity, but also just the people watching that goes with like, ah, uh, like that tempo change just hit that person the same way it did me. Oh, they, like, uh huh. They did yeah, the same thing, the raw emotion, yeah. So just seeing it like wash over people, and you know, when we talk about just like how much pain and struggle and you know, just misery is happening right now in the world with everything that's going on. Um, you know, pirate metal may just be like the inoculation may just be the vaccine, um, to bring people together and to get them just, you know, sharing a Steiner of grog and singing socially distanced, but still singing with the mask on, you know, and, uh, and a very raucous and, you know, seaworthy setting, um, like I'm just prognosticating here. Yeah. I'm just projecting into the future, but I'm just saying here are some things that people in society needs right now. And, and that's pirate, pirate metal. Pirate metal is on that list. But I do want to thank you for being on the podcast today. It's our inaugural podcast. So this could have absolutely gone down <laughs> in flames and you know, it might've, but no, um, I had a lot of fun talking to you. I enjoyed it I as well. Like, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And is there anything going on with Billy King and the Bad 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 that we should know about? You know, uh, as of right now, we did just release our new album, Stealing Your Potential, on Halloween. So it's been out for a hot minute, but uh, still go check it out. Um, we're about to be releasing a couple new music videos here in the next um, two months. And then as well, we do have a show at Far Out Lounge on January 30th, which is a Saturday, permitting that... Uh, you know, the numbers don't go up too incredibly high. Um, you know, we're definitely going to keep a close eye on that. It's a socially distant, mask required, table seating only type of show. 
Um, but it's all outdoors too. So that's nice as well. Nice. I like to feel comfortable while hearing a surf rock from hell. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, interesting. I need to be safe and socially distanced and outside. And yeah. you guys provide that, which is what I love. Yes. So thank you so much for, for being on. And thanks for joining us on the music frange, the music coinge. Fringe. And, uh, you know, next time we'll talk about neo aquifer Greco Roman wrestling music. There you don't know. Who knows? You just don't know where it's coming from. Yes. Certainly not from this guy. (laughs) The world may never know. (laughs) Anyway, signing off. Deuces. I don't know how else to uh, to end it. Peace out. Peace, brother. (laughs) Peace be with you. Yeah. And also with you. And also with you. And also with you. And me too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what about me? Me too. (laughs) Me too. And you. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.